0: This is the Freddy and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80. And always, always do your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. There are plenty of things you miss in college basketball. It's off to a terrific start. We know we live in a football nation. But a lot of great things are happening, including the Jimmy V Classic tonight. Game 1, Florida Atlantic, number 11 in the country. Takes on number 20, Illinois. And then in the nightcap, should be another great matchup. Two historic powers, Blue Blood. Number nine, North Carolina. Number five, UConn. Both of those games on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Let's bring in an FOS friend of the show. He's Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. Hit him on Twitter at Seth on SethOnHoop. Seth, what does it say that Florida Atlantic, after that great run last year, may be even better this year as the number 11 team in the country?
1: I think it's a testament to their coaching staff, to their players. Six guys return. Think about this. They go to the final four. You know how hard other schools tried to basically recruit those guys right off of that campus in Palm beach. I mean, like every one of those kids was probably approached to transfer and enter the portal. And yet every one of those kids, six returners all decided to stay. Not only did they stay, but the thing is they stayed. And now they trust each other to the point that the static around them is insignificant. The only thing that's significant is winning. And if you watch them play, The joy, the energy, the passion, the enthusiasm, the trust that they play with is on display each and every night. So it's I mean, it's fun. I watched them practice today and I've watched every one of their games because it's a joy to watch
2: how they play. And Seth, I got to ask you that first matchup today at 630 p.m. on ESPN, Florida Atlantic, ranked 11th versus number 20, Illinois. What's going to be dynamic about this matchup? And before I get to that, Harry, if your guys just won
1: a game, you know you could have like you know solved all this hassle with the college football players.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, so like everyone's complaining about you know, who's in
1: who's out. I mean, if your guys just could have scored a touchdown, I mean, this all this stuff would have been history.
0: Amen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speak on it. But not, not, now, I digress.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a couple pace of play is going to be important. Enough, you know, I think that both teams want to get up and down, but. You know, for Illinois, the missed shot might be the best offense. They're yeah. a relentless offensive rebounding team. They're bigger, probably a little more physical than Florida Atlantic. Uh, they're they're big across the board. Now they don't have a point guard. They play point guard by committee. Ty Rogers is like six five, physically strong. He looks like a tight end. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I I think if what you're going to look for is can FAU defend the basketball and push Illinois out? Can when the ball gets shot? Can they use their quickness to hit and go fetch the ball and rebound the ball? And then on the other end, Illinois is an elite defensive team, but they're playing against a team with four dudes on the perimeter mm. that can all flat go. When I say flat go, I mean flat go. John o. Davis beat you off the bounce score. Elijah Martin, knocking down threes. Brian Greenlee, knocking down threes, beating you off the bounce. Jalen Gaffney, who started at Connecticut, getting in the lane and making plays. Nick Boyd, I mean... So, I mean, it's going to put a lot of pressure on that Illinois defense that is really good, but all four of those guys on, can make a play, and the FAU does a good job of attacking matchups. So, this game is going to be a fun game to watch.
0: No doubt about that. Seth Greenberg, ESPN, Kyle's basketball, and getting us ready for the Jimmy V Classic of the night. you got Florida Atlantic and Illinois in the first game, and North Carolina and UConn in the second game. He joins us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. And speaking of that game, UConn trying to bounce back from a loss to Kansas over the weekend. Stephon Castle, a projected lottery pick, like who will be available for that showdown tonight. For those who don't know about him, if he's able to play, Steph, even if he's on a pitch count, how important is that having that guy back for UConn tonight versus North Carolina?
1: Hey, hey Harry, what's that piece you do on get up? He's a bad, bad man. That boy bad, Coach. That, <laughs> boy,
3: that boy, bad. boy bad.
1: Let me tell you something. You can give me one of those right now because that's exactly who Stefan Castle is. <laughs> that dude is a bad dude. I mean, he is six foot six. He can defend anyone on the floor, get in the lane. He plays in that Kansas game, probably a different outcome just right. because of his size, and strength, and it would take pressure off of Tristan Newton. And Tristan Newton had to make so many plays at the end of the shot clock against Kansas. Castle can get the ball anywhere he wants, anytime to watch it. I mean, it really that simple. Now, he's on a, a pitch count. He's going to probably play only 20 minutes tonight. Hasn't played, you know, co- really competitively in a couple of weeks. I go down there and watch UConn practice all the time. And uh, watching him early in the season, watching his development from the first week of practice in the fall to before he got hurt, he is a special talent. Every NBA guy I talked to that came and watched practice, He's a special talent. So you put him with Newton, now you've got a big physical dynamic backward. Like, Newton, people understand that. Newton's averaging 17 points, like eight rebounds, and mm-hmm. seven assists. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to get something out of and they got to get something out of Klingon, and they've got to get something out of Cam Spencer, Caravan. But, Cam, uh, Stephen Castle is a difference maker. That Boy, bad.
2: Bad
1: <laughs> boy, bad. I mean, like, he is terrible. He is, he's so bad, he's terrible.
2: That's uh,
0: tremendous. Uh, now,
2: let me ask you, Coach, uh, uh, of the of the Jimmy V Classic feel, which teams have the best chance, in your opinion, to reach the Final Four this year? Well, good question.
1: I mean, UConn. UConn can't go to Final They get healthy. They get completely healthy. Caravan gets healthy 100%. Klingon gets trust in his foot. Stefan Castle gets back to game shape, uh, they they could get back. They're ridiculously talented. They've got legitimate size. Uh, they're incredibly well-coached. They play hard as anyone. Uh, they practice as hard as anyone you've ever seen. I always say you are your habits. No matter what you do in life, you are your habits. Their habits on a daily basis are as good as any team in the country, and they've got an edge that obviously we all know. Danny has a little bit of an edge but those kids would run through a wall, an absolute wall, f- through it for him. I mean, it, it, it's in, insane their practices. So, you know, the, the highest upside. Carolina's is really good. Mm-hmm. Elliot Cadeau, the kid who graduated early, has changed him. He's got a little Ty Lawson in his game in terms of his push and his speed. Gets him some easy baskets. And the Harrison Ingram transfer from Stanford is a matchup problem. But in terms of upside, I think UConn you know, has the highest upside. You know, the biggest thing about the, the, this thing tonight, though, guys, and you guys can relate to it, is, look, we've all known someone who's been Im- impacted by cancer. Yep. And we're basically using basketball as a vehicle
0: mm-hmm.
4: to,
1: uh, raise to raise awareness, raise money. Uh, everyone's on the same team. All four of these teams, they're going to compete like hell tonight. But in the end, all four of these teams are on the same team. All right? And that's – we're using basketball to educate – bring awareness and raise money for the foundation where every single cent goes towards research. Uh, It's not going towards education. It's going towards saving lives. And, you know, to me, that's what it's all about. I got a brother right now. It's going through um, a really, really tough time. He's got acute leukemia uh, diagnosed about two months ago, perfectly healthy one day, surfing in Hawaii, comes to New York, passes out, goes to the hospital, you know, on his third round of chemo. So like, You know, black, white, green, yellow, blue, Jewish, Protestant, Catholic, rich, poor, I don't care. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't discriminate. We've all been obviously hit, affected by cancer, and and the V Foundation is doing amazing, amazing things. And we've got this great event to help raise money to help save lives and you know that's what it's all about
0: yeah well said a great perspective by Seth Greenberg ESPN college basketball analyst joining us here in and Harry by the way go to v.org slash donate now that is v.org slash donate now help support the critical work of the v foundation for cancer research and a lot of us have known people who had a chance to know Jimmy Valvano or people who can tell stories about Jimmy Valvano for those who don't know what was your relationship with the late Jimmy V <laughs>
1: grew up in uh, one town over from me, Seaford, Long Island. I grew up mm. basically in plant His dad used to fish at my games. Jimmy uh, Jimmy recruited my brother, Brad, when he was an assistant at Connecticut. I have a, a thousand Jimmy V stories, but <laughs> my favorite Jimmy V story, he comes to recruit my brother. So the day you're supposed to recruit him, uh, do the home visit, the Nets were playing the Denver Nuggets for the ABA championship. My mom's company that she worked for had tickets. So we had an extra ticket left. So what we did was, we said, Coach V, can we move the visit back? You want to go to the game with us? So Jimmy V goes to the game with us. Doctor J absolutely tortures Bobby Jones.
5: Tortures him. <laughs> it, was, it was.
1: I mean, could have got arrested for what he did to Bobby Jones. It was <laughs> embarrassing. Right. I mean, it was. It was. You know, it was. The, it was the side of the rim, reverse layup. It was taken off from like step inside the free throw line. It was hook dunking, blocking shots. It was radiating Anyway, that's when we're running out. Jimmy V's giving everyone high five. It's a blast. So we get to the house, about our house, about 10 o'clock. He starts the home visit. 10 o'clock becomes 11. 11 becomes 12. My mom excuses herself. He's just warming up. I mean, he's just warming up. 1 o'clock, my mom opens up the door from her room and goes, Coach Valvano, you got to go. She threw Jimmy out of the house. <laughs> oh, man. And, 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 and I mean, and we're dear friends. Bobby's a dear friend. I mean, I have so many Jimmy V stories. It's unbelievable. But, wow. you know, the great thing about Jimmy is, and, and Freddie, you know this, and, you know, in his darkest day, in the toughest time of his life, in true Jimmy Valvano fashion, you know, he was thinking about other people. Yep. I mean, like, he begat the V Foundation with the support of ESPN. And because of that, his vision lives on. And so instead of being thinking about himself, what was he thinking about? He was thinking about others. He was thinking about, you know what? It's like in the speech, it might not save my life, but it might save my children's life. Well, it did save his daughter's life. And it saves other people's daughters' lives and other people's fathers and aunts and uncles, grandparents. So, like, Jimmy's spirit, Jimmy's passion, Jimmy's love for people lives on in the foundation and it's you know it's a pretty it's a pretty amazing thing because it could have been one of those things where they start the foundation and you know how some of the foundation and it it dies off in a year
0: right
1: you know but you know what this thing is going strong and it's making a difference and there just are so many uh jimmy v stories especially the one with his dad Gave me a technical when he was running for my game, and I like, called, like, I said, Coach, like, your dad gave me a technical. What's up with that? <laughs> he goes, You deserve it. <laughs> I said, I said, That's fair.
0: That's fair. <laughs> and 30 years going strong with Jimmy V and the V Foundation. Jimmy V Classic tonight, Florida Atlantic, number 11, taking on number 20, Illinois in the first game. Then number nine, North Carolina, taking on number five, UConn in the second game. Always great to have our man, Seth Greenberg. He's an FOS friend of the show. He's an ESV college basketball analyst, and a great follow on Seth on who's joining us here on Freddie and Harry. Seth, always great to catch up with you, man. Can't wait to do it again sooner Thanks, and soon. Guys. And hey, I just
1: want one day mm-hmm. where Harry's gonna go out and say, Hey that green that bald headed dude right there
2: that boy bad. <laughs> you, you know he's going to now.
0: But you have extended the invitation with yourself. You know it's gonna happen now. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna give you I'm actually gonna give you a shout out on Thursday. Thursday morning go. on get up. I'm gonna give you a shout-out, coach. There we go. There. Oh, go. you got it, man. That hey, did. I appreciate it. you guys do great work.
0: Thank you, brother. Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball. And it's always great to catch up with him on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio. You can save when you bundle motorcycle RV and boat insurance. How do you do that? By visiting progressive.com.
5: Trevor fell to the ground in his... Oh, no. He I hope fell not. to the ground. Ball came out. Trevor hurt his leg. He's thrown the helmet off now.
2: Oh, my goodness. I don't have any information yet on Trevor. We're
1: still evaluating him, so I'll probably have a better update for you tomorrow.
0: Courtesy of 1010XL92.5 in the state of Florida in Jacksonville. So what's up with Trevor Lawrence? Friendly fire happened last night. Dropping back to pass, an offensive lineman stepped on his ankle. He throws his helmet down to the ground, almost threw it underneath the stadium floor. When it comes to Jacksonville, they lose in overtime, 34-31 to 31 against the Cincinnati Bengals. And they got another Ohio team that playing this week in Cleveland when they take on the Browns. Doug Peterson had this to say about, even though he has a high ankle sprain regarding the quarterback, could he actually play this week versus the number one defense in the NFL?
3: Is there a legitimate possibility that Trevor could play this week?
0: I'm not going to put that timetable on Trevor, I'm not going to put him in a box like that, but uh, we'll see how he is in a couple of days. I have not
2: had discussions with the docs, you know, about that. I don't I don't think that I don't think that's a that's a a, a necessary means at this point. I think I think just because it's
0: uh where it is in the in the in the ankle that uh, it's not necessarily something that surgery would, would be uh, would be warranted at this time. Either way, Harry, that sounds code for no. He's not playing this week versus Cleveland.
2: Let me say this, Freddie, because when we had Andrew Hawkins on, he he brought up a great point, right? An injury in his body may be different from an injury in my body. And it mm-hmm. made me think of a high-powered guy that had an ankle sprain a year ago in Patrick Mahomes, remember? Okay. He got hurt, I think it was in the Jacksonville game, the playoff game? Yes, it was. And it was a high ankle sprain, and he played the following week,
0: literally on one leg, yes. beating Cincinnati. And then two weeks later, literally on one leg, beating Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, but but it's also a testament to like everybody's body is different, right? And I remember times I've had a high ankle sprain; mm-hmm. I was out for two to five weeks. Okay. Patrick Mahomes had that hot ankle spring last year, and he was able to play the following week. Now, you have to get treatment around the clock if you're going to do that. And the magnitude of the football game was also different for the Kansas City Chiefs at that moment, more so than it is right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I did want to bring that up.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you did, because just imagine how important last week's win over Houston was. Jacksonville doesn't win that game. Mm-hmm. then they don't win last night and lose their quarterback. Can you imagine what that would look like for a team that many people believe is going to run away and potentially hide in the AFC South when it came to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Now they're one game ahead of the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Jacksonville 8-4, and four, both of those teams 7-5. and five. And by the way, the Texans and Colts played this weekend. But that does mean that Jacksonville's out of the woods that whoever loses, they have a two-game lead. There are no guarantees they're going to go into Cleveland where it could be a very cloudy, rainy day against that defense and not having your main dude at the quarterback position when it comes to, it comes to Trevor Lawrence. That could get frisky really quickly.
2: Well, that's what I'm worried about with this football team because we know the Cleveland Browns Mm -hmm. and we know what that defense is capable of, right? They didn't have a good weekend versus the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to be on another level. They're going to be on another high. They want to continue to show people that, hey, this is why we are the number one defense in the National Football League. And Jim Swartz, the defensive coordinator for the Browns, you're going up against a backup quarterback. I'm not just going to sit back there and let him just do what he wants to do. On top of Kristen Kirk, probably isn't going to be out there as well. So that's, a, that's two people we're talking about that play a dynamic role in the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars and what they do offensively in a wide receiver and your starting quarterback.
0: One of the things about I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the one thing that's gotten, got, that's gotten kind of buried under the headline of Trevor Lawrence being out, that whoever the quarterback is going to be, if it's Trevor Lawrence this week or if it's C.J. Beathard, who wasn't bad coming in last night for the Jacksonville Jaguars. As a matter of fact, Devin King, one of our producers, mentioned it. If they don't have that holding penalty, he made a serious throw down the field, hit Calvin Ridley right in the chest with the football. That would have been first and goal inside the five yard line. If not for that holding penalty, maybe we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars' victory and a two-game cushion when it comes to first place in the AFC South. So now you don't have another guy that a backup quarterback is going to have. You're still Calvin Ridley. You're still Travis Etienne Jr. You're still Evan Ingram. But he was the perfect complement, Christian Kirk, being the Robin to the Batman that have been Calvin Ridley. Now, who's going to step up in his absence? And now you have to do that without a guy that has started all 46 games in the NFL at quarterback when it came to Trevor Lawrence.
2: Well, Freddie Coleman, I'm glad you asked because last night they had a rookie wide receiver who stepped up and actually got his first catch and ended up having six for 61 yards and a touchdown in Parker, uh, Washington. Okay, Right? That's that's their rookie wide receiver that they drafted out of Penn State. Now, is he going to be Kristen Kirk? No, I'm not going to say that. But we still do have to remember, you have a Calvin Ridley. You do have a, a Zay Jones. You have a Evan Ingram. You also have – I mentioned Calvin Ridley, right? Yes, you did. You have Calvin Ridley. So you do have those guys still right. around him. Now, you're not going to go out there and ask Parker uh, Washington to have 10 catches for 110 yards. No doubt. But when the plays are presented to uh, – pr- present themselves to him, he has to make those plays. I'm just not confident – in that offense without Trevor Lawrence going against that defense and that defensive coordinator in the Cleveland Browns and Jim Swartz. Because and Miles Garrett.
0: And Miles Garrett. And keep going, those guys that got on defense and if Trevor Lawrence is out there and that ankle is less – we know it's going to be less than 100%. If that ankle is less than 70%, Jim Swartz is like, well, that's a you problem. I'm not making it a me problem. I'm not making got, it a we gotta problem. we got to go get him. Yeah, and they will go get him and they will move him off that spot. And there's only so much that ankle can do. It's going to be very interesting how he responds to treatment what kind of body type Trevor Lawrence has and how that ankle is going to respond to see if he is or not going to be there on Sunday when they take on the Cleveland Browns with only a one-game lead in AFC South. With the Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts. Hot on the trail of the Jacksonville Jaguars in that division. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at hdouglas 83 I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN part of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Because of people who used to be our friends, known as the Selection Committee, known as Devin Kane and Shannon, we have the maybe. Definitely not. We had the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee. We ranked the four best teams in the NFL. We had the 49ers number one, Ravens two, Eagles three, Chiefs four. Cowboys 5, Dolphins 6. Cowboys and Dolphins are now outside looking in. And boy, did it get heated in a hurry. But how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL? We want to hear from you with no judgment. Depends on who it is, though. At Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. How would you rank the four best teams right now in the NFL? 888-729-3776. Keep those calls coming right here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN
3: app.
0: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. I'm trying to love it when it comes to the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee, but Devin Cain and Shannon Penn, our producers, they've taken all the love out of me. What? It's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. And Freddie and Harry, thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. Serious XM channel 80. And always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We're going to do this each and every Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Where we're going to rank the top four teams, the four best teams in the NFL. Just like the College Ball Player Selection Committee did it in college football. We're going to do that in the NFL to the final part of the regular season. Our top four. 49ers, number one. Ravens, number two. Eagles, number three. Chiefs, number four. Cowboys number five, Dolphins number six. Now, on Freddie's list, at 49 is one, at Ravens two, Dolphins three, and Eagles four. The minute that Harry Douglas. Shannon Penn oh, and Demi Kane heard this. Are we, giving our, oh, are we yeah. giving our own list No, no, no that's, no, no, that's, that's not what
2: we're doing. That's not what we yeah, doing. For, the, 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 that's, trying no, that's not oh, what yeah. we doing. Hold on,
0: hold on a second. Hold on a second. You can get your list ready if you would be patient and wait a little bit. We can get your top four and your top six. No, no,
2: no. But see, I thought our list was collectively as a group. No, it was collective as a group. Don't so, mean so I can have my list. Well, here's my list. Here's what I had down.
0: you let me explain and finish. My list. I can explain where (laughs) I was going with that. You three. I'm going to let you finish, but. (laughs) Easy there, Kanye. You know, (laughs) easy there. I had the Dolphins at three, and you would have thought I told everybody that Christmas was over with the vitriol I was getting from you three guys. That's where I was going with that. I agree where our list is at. We all come together as a group and as a committee. I'm just saying before we got there, there was a little bit of like, how dare you put the Miami <laughs> Dolphins ready at number three?
3: <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Harry, but I stand on business. All right? Oh, Lord.
2: Oh, me. Lord. No, Shannon went crazy. <laughs> what do you mean when? He He, he been He's <laughs> he, he been there for
0: a minute, as far as that goes. So all we 10 went, toes. All 10 toes, yeah, all 10 toes and all 10 fingers. <laughs> so how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL? And hopefully you avoid the judgment that I did not avoid at 888 say espn eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Dana in Richmond, how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL?
4: Uh, hey, what's up, Freddie? What's, what's going, up, Harry?
0: What's going on, Dana? What's
4: good? I got a ride Well, my number one. No, I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to stop with four. Okay. My four, I hate to say it, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. They're playing good football, right? I I, I give them the fourth spot. My three spot, I'm going to go ahead, even though they got their heads beat in. (laughs) ah, The defense look ugly. They got Jalen Hurts. They they made some good comebacks. So I'm going to go ahead. Eagles number three. 49ers, they beating up on all the NFC teams. I'm not seeing them doing that to any AFC team. Okay. So that's why I'm gonna put on the 49ers at two, and my number one is the um, Baltimore Ravens.
0: Okay. Well, by by the way, they beat the Steelers 30 to seven, the Jaguars 34 to three. Those are two AFC teams. They did lose to the Bengals 31 17. Joe Burrow's white hot that day. And they should have beaten the Browns. They missed a chip shot field goal by the rookie. They lost nineteen to seventeen. So they have not been devoid of being AFC team so far this year.
2: Yeah, I I just don't I don't see how he doesn't have the San Francisco 49ers at number one when how dominant we've seen them be. And I understand they went on a three game losing streak, Freddie. But it's not like they didn't hit one of those patches last year. It may not have been a three-game losing streak. They may have lost two, won one, and lost another one. Yeah. And then previous the year before. But we also – and I know that doesn't matter when it comes to this. Absolutely. But how, the way things have looked the last three weeks, the San Francisco 49 is the best team in the NFL.
0: It would not surprise me if they wound up 14-3. and three. They went four in a row. I could see them running the table.
2: Mm-hmm. Seahawks.
0: Arizona Cardinals, Baltimore Ravens. That's the toughest game left on the schedule. Then the Washington Commanders. They were given up by then. If they haven't given up by now, and the Los Angeles Rams. That one potential loss could be the Ravens. That game at eight fifteen Eastern Time on ABC, the day after Christmas, uh, Christmas Day. But this is all the makings of that team running the table and being a fourteen and three team and having the top seed in the NFC. Marcel in the Bay Area, A.K. Oakland, San Francisco. Marcel, how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL?
4: I don't know how you guys that a 49ers are number one. I don't, I don't know what, what, where that came from. But let's, let's just, let's just go backwards here because number four is the Baltimore Ravens, and got to put Baltimore number four because of the head coach, and I know what he's going to do come playoff time.
3: You, you can't have
4: Miami anywhere in it. They're not physical enough. They're a bunch of razzle dazzle up top. We seen what happened when they went into Buffalo. They got absolutely motorboated. They're, they just don't come off to me as possessing that physicality when it comes to the playoffs. And they seem to, to struggle when it comes to a team that wants to get up in their face and be physical with them. So I can't put them in my top four, and I can't put the Cowboys in my top four because the Cowboys lose the big games. They're going to lose this weekend. Okay, so they, wh- they never win this, this so, game. So They're going to lose again.
0: Marcel, just- who is your top four?
4: My top four would be Baltimore at four. Mm -hmm. It would be Philadelphia at three. It would be the 49ers at two. And it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs at one. (laughs)
2: Hey, listen, man. We respect everybody that call in because we love y'all. This is a community. Absolutely. But Marcel, you out your god dog on mine. <laughs> 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 hey, you out your mind? The, the Baltimore's at Baltimore yeah, at four. The,
0: the Chiefs are not even the best in the AFC right now.
2: No, that's the Baltimore Ravens. That's would, the Baltimore Ravens yeah, hand down.
0: Yeah, I I trust Kansas. is going to figure this out too. But we're talking about right now. The four best teams in the NFL right now. You can make a case that Kansas City might not be the fourth best team in the AFC right now.
2: Listen, uh, I said, got dog mind, boy. I almost slipped, Freddie. I know what you, <laughs> meant. Marcel. Mm-hmm. Marcel, man, <laughs> Marcel. We need you to call more often, Marcel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we really do. We can man. keep.
0: We could get a Chiefs forty nine the Super Bowl, but as of right now. Mm -mm. they're not better than the san francisco 49ers he put them at number one numero uno yes man
2: to each his own we love y'all keep calling in letting us know
3: exactly
0: we we need a good laugh once in a while scott in florida how would you make the four best teams in the nfl my friend
3: hey guys two days in a row for me i uh quit teaching school after 28 years and now i'm driving a flatbed across the country but i want to give you my argument on uh Miami be a number three, and then I'll give you my top four. Okay. I know everyone said they haven't played anybody, but out of the six or seventeen you guys been discussing, they're the only ones that has been upset either. So I've got San Fran, who's lost two bad games in a row. Number one, I got the Eagles, number two, who got beat by the Jets, and then Miami. And then I, I truly think you can't have a top four without throwing a SEC, SEC team in there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, hey, so I guess it's Alabama. Dope.
0: I guess it's Alabama making the top four.
2: Uh, uh-huh, that was pretty dope. <laughs> was I like that, that, Scott. I'm not,
0: I'm not hating on that one. Although, y'all always hear about the conspiracy theories between esp and SEC. That's why the SEC got a team in the in the, in the college football final form. i I'm thinking.
2: I, I like how he did it, though. Yeah, he, he, did. he When he mentioned the teams, he mentioned like the bad losses that they had. absolutely hey, man.
0: <laughs> everything's equal. Everything needs that context. If you're yep. going to talk about their wins, you got to talk about their losses. If it, Although there's no such thing as a good loss to me. When you lose, you lose.
2: Freddie, Marcel, I can't get Marcel off my mind, I know man. you can't. I, Marcel, I see it on your face. Marcel, you call as much as you, you need to.
3: <laughs> Looking back at that, how did the Eagles lose to the Jets? How did that happen?
0: That's a great question.
3: <laughs> That's unbelievable. To that me. Know.
0: You can go through the list of a lot of NFL games. For example, How did the ball? How did the Baltimore Ravens lose to the Indianapolis Colts or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Steelers, yeah, exactly.
2: Drop passes,
0: drop passes, and also and Pickens finally got behind their secondary. He was able to make a play. You can go through every team's schedule in the National Football League, and there's always that one game you say, "How in the bleep did that happen?" WTF moments happening in the mm-hmm. NFL because it is so competitive. Greg in Tennessee, thanks for hitting us up on Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776 on ESPN Radio. Greg on the Dr. Pepper call in line, how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL?
5: Well, first of all, I don't know what Marcel's smoking, but he needs to send some down to Tennessee. <laughs> Second of all, I just come out of the meeting room, Freddie and Harry, and the committee has decided, okay? So this is safe space. You need to let me finish, okay? Sounds good. The Jets good. are number one. The Jets are number one. The Giants are number two. The Patriots are number three, and the Panthers are number four. So we got to put both New York teams in there because they generate a lot of money. And the Patriots, when we thought about leaving that out, we asked Coach Belichick, and his response was, well, that's ridiculous. And then we went to the Panthers and David Tepper. Everybody knows they want to go work for him because it's a long-term employment contract. So I'm a Michigan Wolverine. I'm still pissed off they gave us that damn elephant to play <laughs> instead of going to Florida State. <laughs> so they can all take it
2: however they want to. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, off the top ropes. Amen.
0: <laughs> hey, but by the way, the Michigan faces when they, that came up on the board on Sunday, man, we're number one. Oh boy, playing Alabama.
2: <laughs> like it's one. It's one of those times where you're, you're saying to yourself, "Like man, mm-hmm. like, are we really excited about being number one." But I would say this though. Okay. If you're about it, about it. If you ride it, ride it. Like Master P, uh, yeah. it don't matter who who number four, who you playing. Yeah.
0: What did L.O. Cool J say? If you're a real man, you're not afraid of competition. You better believe yeah. it. If you're Michigan, you can't be afraid of Big Al because Big Al is not going to be afraid of
2: you. Nah. Man. And I and, and I would want that challenge. I would, yeah. I would embrace it because, you know, all year we've, we, we've heard people talk about us. If we go out there mm-hmm. and beat them, yeah. oof.
0: Yeah, they can't say a word because that means you're in a basketball player championship game. But then if you don't win, then you got to deal with that. Then Jim Harbaugh will be up to the NFL. And yeah. then you're really starting over, relatively speaking. They couldn't beat the an
2: SEC team without Connor Stallions. You're going <laughs> to yeah. hear all that.
0: You might even hear it before then. They've yeah, been waiting until are. game day involving <laughs> those two. Derek and South Carolina, my friend, how would you rank the best teams, the four best teams in the NFL?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First time caller. Thank you all for taking my call here. So I had uh, – The Miami Dolphins is number four. Um, I have uh, Philly as three. Mm -hmm. I got San Francisco as two, and I got Baltimore as one. I wanted to say something about Miami real quick. I heard Freddie say earlier Mm -hmm. something to the effect of, don't nobody want to come to Miami. Everybody wants to come to Miami. It's the wonderfulest (laughs) weather. We hold Super Bowls in Miami. Nobody's afraid to go to Miami, Florida. They go to vacations out there. They love the weather out there. They're scared of Miami because of the speed, because you can't teach speed. Those boys are track stars out there, and they make you guard every blade of grass, north, south, east, west. That's what makes Miami dangerous. And in regard to Baltimore, People are just disrespecting this team. I don't know why. They didn't lose three games like San Francisco did in a row. They didn't lose to the Jets like like the Eagles did. Mm-hmm. They've been beating teams, and the only team that has beaten Baltimore, the only team that has beaten Baltimore, is Baltimore. Now that <laughs> that uh, OT game against Indy, that was a questionable call at best on, on the end. But at the end of the day, Coach always said, if you're too close, if the score is too close and you let the referees decide your game, then you you still lost that game. It is what it is. So a loss is a loss. But nobody's beating Baltimore but Baltimore.
2: No, I, 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 lying. I agree with that. He's not lying. Like, I, when I look at the three losses, you know, against the Indianapolis Colts, they should have won that game. It mm-hmm. was a lot of self-inflicted wounds. But I will also say when that game went in overtime – and you kind of have the Colts backed up, Yeah, your defense has to be the one to step up the most. Yep. right? You can't allow an explosive play to Michael Pittman that now put them further down the field to be able to you know, win that football game. And then against the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland can't have that football with five and some change left in the fourth quarter, and you never see that football again.
0: Absolutely. And have a double-digit lead at home, and then you have a yep. ball go off someone's helmet, they return it for a pick six, and then at that point, old man Moe, completely switched in that game, but if you're a terrific team, you don't allow that momentum to stay on the other side. You find a way to flip that around and make sure you get that back when you did so much to earn it by making sure that that game was in hand and then you let it get out of hand when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. If you did not get through on the phone and the Dr. Pepper call-in line, you can let us know how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL. Hit us on Twitter at ESPN and at H Douglas 83 This is Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. And if you've been looking for love, but coming up alone, well, these cities may have who you are looking for. We will make sure everybody can look for love in all the right places. Uh-oh. Next to Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
0: He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. And I always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. In case you missed it, the New York Jets still have not decided who the starting quarterback is going to be this weekend. I would say who they're playing, but it doesn't really matter not going into the playoffs anyway. But is it going to be Zach Wilson? Well, we know it's not going to be Tim Boyle. He was cut today. Seriously. He had started the past two games in the New York Jets, and they said, okay, that's enough for that. So Robert Sala, he had a chance at a press conference to explain exactly what could be possible that Zach Wilson may get another chance to be the starting quarterback.
4: Let's be clear. If he was reluctant to play, guys, he wouldn't be here, all right? I actually coincidentally just got done speaking with him. Uh, He came in about a half hour ago, and we had a really good conversation. The young man wants the ball. He wants to start. He believes he's the best uh, quarterback in the room and best quarterback for this team and and the guy who gives us the best chance to win. And I'll tell you guys the same thing I told him. I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that he wants to play.
0: I'm just not there yet. I appreciate that he wants to play. Robert is doing everything possible to say, I don't want this guy being my quarterback. (laughs) If we can please just cut him like we cut Tim Boyle, that'll be all right by me. But he knows, Harry, he can't do it because there's a certain dude that they need to play next year that's already taken upon himself to say, I like Zach Wilson. I want to mentor Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson better be here so I can continue to do that when it comes to Aaron Rodgers.
2: I'm, and I'm 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 trying to wrap my mind around like what more can Zach Wilson show them because mm-hmm. he's had three years to showcase his talents and show that he can be the guy. And for three straight years, he's shown us that he's not the guy and he's not capable of, of doing that.
0: Yeah. It's like Nathaniel Hackney, the offensive coordinator, said, hey, Coach Sal, I need a favor. And Coach Sal said, name it. And he said, Zach Wilson. And he said, wrong name.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like They keep trying to make something work. That's Yeah. Yep. It's not working.
0: Yeah. This is something that's over his head. I guarantee you, Joe Dawson, Woody yep. Johnson, the general manager, owner of respect, saying, give the kid another chance. And Rob South's like, why? He's had three years. Why we keep doing that? Either way, the Jets cut Tim Boyle, who started the last couple of games of quarterback, and they still don't know who's going to start for the Jets this week. That's in case you missed it. Each and every night about this time, you missed out on anything could be in the world of sports, but outside the world of sports, but it's always called. They may not be the top stories of the day.
4: In other news.
0: But. You need to be in the know. This is in other news. So if you're single and you're ready to mingle, if you're looking for love but you've been looking in all the wrong places, we're here to help. Now we normally do Love Friday on Friday. we Love Love music. Friday. We're gonna make it like a Love Tuesday. According to Wallet Hub, these are the best cities for singles if you're looking not to be single anymore. Uh-oh. At number 10, Portland, Oregon. Huh. <laughs> That made Harry laugh out loud. At number nine, Tucson, Oregon. Uh, Tucson, Arizona. At number eight, Madison, Wisconsin. Number seven, Tampa, Florida. Yes, I've been to Tampa, no doubt. Reno, Nevada at number six. Austin, Texas at number five.
2: Ooh, Lord.
0: Atlanta, Georgia at number four. Say what? That's right. Freak Nick Part 2. Ah. Uh. Denver, Colorado at number three. Light it up, light it up. Yep. Las Vegas, number two.
2: Sin City.
0: Yeah. Number one, best city for singles, Seattle, Washington.
2: Ooh.
0: They looked at uh, nearly three dozen metrics in three main categories, dating opportunities, economics, and also fun and recreation. Shannon Penn.
3: Uh, so the folks who put this stuff together, what they look like? I don't so know. Judging by these 10 cities. Yes.
0: But, but here are the 10 worst cities. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Little Rock, Arkansas, Hialeah, Florida, Jackson, Mississippi, Dover, Delaware, Pearl City, Hawaii, there's no way that should be on the list. Anything in Hawaii should not be on the list. Glendale, California, Brownsville, Texas, Warwick, Rhode Island, and the worst city for singles, Columbia, Maryland. Oh. You should see the look on Shannon's Shan face Shannon right rest now. his
3: case. I got a feeling a demographic for the word. You know what, I'm just going to leave it alone. Please
2: do. <laughs> Please do. We do not. I don't, how, I, don't, I don't know how much we contributed to this list, guys. <laughs> There's something fishy about that list. There's something about that list. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Oh, my goodness. Jimmy B. Classic comes your way next. With Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. This has been Freddie and Harry and the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless as always. Keep loving it. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app,
3: and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.